Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, first episode back from the new year. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Oh man, doing good, doing good dude. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, but uh, readers from all around the area, they submitted headlines to the Seattle Times. Uh, not headlines of years past, but get this. Headlines they'd like to see in the future, as in hmm. 2023. Aspirational headlines, if you will. Uh, would you guys <laughs> like to like to hear headlines some of from the submissions? ghost of Blevins yet to come. <laughs> 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 uh well if you believe in christmas follow me okay so the first one that i wanted to share with y'all uh i like this one this is from darcy hilby and burian sue bird chosen to be main subject in university of washington anti-aging study Ha ha ha. Hmm. Uh, hope she sees oh, this, it. Darcy. Hope she sees <laughs> this. Wow. Wow. Yeah, uh, Seattle Times readers uh, just lighten up that fax machine with the, with these jokes. Like sending dialing twice, once to Seattle Times and uh, once again to Lorne Michaels at Saturday Night Live. <laughs> well, this is a classic uh, joke from two. There's too many words in that headline. <laughs> Headline's too long. Uh, need to go look at the onion, understand what makes a headline funny. <laughs> now, Cheryl Moore at Olympia, uh, this one gave me a little tickle because it's got what headlines should have. And the only thing you should care about headlines, which is wordplay. Musk ado about nothing. Twitter folds. Mm. <laughs> Got him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, I mean, aren't we all hoping that on some level, at least, you know, like we would be liberated if that happened. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Know, I, no, because I don't actually want Twitter to go away because I don't actually think it's a hell site. Or I think if I do, I think that's good that it exists and I'm on it. Um, are because good. it's what I deserve and <laughs> as do we all but I do want to see Elon Musk like eat shit spectacularly before the world and the thing is Twitter doesn't need to go away for that to happen he, he already is doing that and like every other project he has every other ball that he is currently like juggling in the air is going to like splat on his face in the, ne yeah, over like, the next what few what we can hope so. for basically is that Elon does fall flat and like then like JP Morgan Chase like owns Twitter and we still get to use it. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> but the site's somehow infinitely worse. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. He's <laughs> basically, yeah, his creditors and bankruptcy filings will acquire it, you know, like yeah. keep the lights on. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Tesla, Tesla's going to fall apart. His, his like space company is going to fall apart and he's going to die in a Tesla fire. So like we don't need Twitter <laughs> to fall for him to be owned, you know, for it to actually like fold. Yeah, it's like the one good asset he owns is Twitter. What so, if one of the like Saudi royal family members who invest in it decides they want to take it over? Yeah. I think that's the best <laughs> oh. possible solution. And the way they go about it for some reason is luring him to their embassy and chopping him into bits. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty funny all around. Um, but, you know, I think what we've highlighted here is the um, the lack of imagination of the average uh, Seattle Times reader and participant in uh, a goofy uh, multimedia, like, uh, you know, participatory 
content here. <laughs> well, I, I got to say that of the ones we're going to read, this one, the, the Twitter folding is probably the most likely of uh, possible worlds that we could live in. Um, all right. Uh, so this one, we're going out to Bellevue for this one. The last Blethen goes to meet the old gods. Uh, that's from Dick Rimgood out in Bellevue. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Damn, you know, that's actually a good yeah. one. I take back it's everything not, I said <laughs> about uh, the Seattle Times readership. This person clearly uh, wants uh, all the Blevins to die, and which is cool, and understands who they, you know, what like uh, supernatural creatures they owe their allegiance to. So mm-hmm. yeah. until uh, the last Blevin returns to the sea, you know, <laughs> the struggle goes on. I shall not rest. Um. Well, back into the uh, just standard what you'd expect uh, Lib takes here. Putin repents, recalls military, and pays reparations. Thanks, Claudia Kelly in Seattle. Damn. Damn, (laughs) I hope so, too. There's like 20 headlines in here, and at least five of them are some form of uh, Putin really gets his. Uh, I just like this one because he just decides to. Yeah, the, this is the true, true lib take, which Fuck is me. that Putin repents. Like, yeah, like yeah, he, yeah he, right. He right. He's, do, he's done a no growth and he apologizes <laughs> to all communities involved. I, I guess you could. He's <laughs> removing himself from community, is what he's doing. You could suggest he's, he's that. He's making space. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the perfect headline Putin makes Make space. space. Yeah. Holy shit. Putin makes space in Ukraine. Um, <laughs> like. I guess you could say it's like implied there's some like motivation, like like they really like lose convincingly and he has to like to save his own ass and prevent like the Ukrainian army like marching all the way to Moscow. He has to like kiss the world's ass and like pay out to the Ukrainians. I think it's more like they think that's basically already happened and it's just he's he's stubbornly not admitting it, you know, (laughs) and that's what that's what it'll take. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, all right. So next one, Dory Monson, conservative Seattle radio host, dies at 61. That's from Hell Colin yeah. in Magnolia. Dude, I like the vision. Get his ass, wow. Colin in Magnolia. Dude, Fingers Colin crossed Magnolia on that snapped. one. Yeah. yeah. Colin, that sucks. Colin, is, Colin is calling a shot out, out yeah. in Magnolia there. Ooh, Greg um, wrote his own headline right there. Colin, <laughs> Colin in a shot. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Like, uh. Yeah, that that'd be cool. That'd be fucking sick if uh, Dory Monson died in in 2023. <laughs> oh yeah, man, I'm in on it here. Uh, <laughs> bulletproof federal ban on assault weapons enacted from Sari Stamey in uh, it's, Seattle. It's it's. I mean, look, it's good to want things. Yeah. Also, Sorry. I like the bulletproof federal ban. I, again, I like the wordplay, but uh, Sarah Stamey, uh, stay at your current job. How about stay me at your current job? I'm working Ooh, on this one. I'm nice one, nice one. Live yeah. on mic. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's a good pun, but like, it's it's not going to happen. Ever, yeah. So, well. well, here's one from uh, Jerry Lancaster, the second in Fremont. I think we can all get behind. Uh, House is out, boats in for 2023. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Sure that's not like your alias. <laughs> yeah. From Greg. <laughs> no, no, no. But, you're, but you're, you're like submitting to the Seattle Times, dude. 
<laughs> no, but I'm I fully am with our Plantagenet friend here uh, on this. Uh, Jerry Lancaster, the second on this matter. I do think you know uh, that that would be a great thing. Well, yeah. for people, by the way, who are bi curious about our Patreon, uh, if you get onto our Discord, they were talking last week about purchasing a boat. Um, <laughs> a, a boat was proposed on Discord that might have only been nine thousand dollars, and there was some discussion <laughs> about a potential group purchase. I think uh, so. Epic. You know, if, you, if you're uh, bi curious, oh my god, how involved. did I miss this? I got to get in there. Yeah, I've been trying to be on Discord more. Okay, I'm gonna. I want to get. I want to. I want to be on an all on all the boat talk for sure. <laughs> all right, new Republican motto: reason, not treason. Oh, shut the Ooh, fuck that's, up! Oh, that's from Diane Reeves in Seattle. Banger. Let's go. <laughs> the, Dude, she uh, needs to write for a weekend update. This fucking goes hard. <laughs> the class. I mean, it's the classic. Like the. The imaginary horizon, the horizon of liberal fantasy is like their own head getting swirlied in a toilet by the Republicans, right? <laughs> like, oh, the Republicans just get good at like at winning and governing. And uh, I get, you know, you still get owned, you know, <laughs> either way. All right. Uh, uh, Diane Reeves, by the way, uh, our condolences for your brother, Christopher. All right, sea stars, sea startling recovery from Justin Calm and Renton. Uh, that's, <laughs> I actually kind of like dark. that one. <laughs> that's a great pun. It's a great like headline pun. But Dude, what? But it's fucking dark, man. Like uh, again, another thing that's not going to happen. I mean, yeah, yeah, no kidding, right? Um, Seattle man struck by meteor while at home on his boat from Jennifer Smythe and Bothell. Uh, Greg, watch out. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> I, I like that the Seattle Times has a strong nautical theme this year. The yeah, readers, they're feeling yeah. the ocean this year. This yeah. is near the sea. Showing yeah. both, both down, sides, too. You know, someone who mm -hmm. really wants uh, boats to be in and someone who wants, like, nuke your boat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it's the year of the sea because the sea is going to get higher. This year. There's going to be more yeah. of it this year and every succeeding year. Hey, so. dude, that, I mean, that is the free real estate if we're like throwing it back to, you know, like it is free real estate when there's more sea to have like Manhattan. Well, you'll be on fucking oh. the boat. That's how we know that capitalism is going to live forever <laughs> is when they discover that the increasing size of the ocean is free real estate. Is like, free real estate. Recreated right. the West. I, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> yes. In Waterworld, there would be an all, a nearly endless frontier of, of aquatic real estate. In our world, rising sea levels means less and less real estate all the time. I, I, I hate to break it to you. Hey, every new world beginning means an old world is dying, Greg. All right. Um, moderate Republicans. This one, I love this one. Moderate Republicans... One uh, Cheney for president in 2024. Uh, oh, Brent Dalglaka and Renton. Uh, thanks, thanks for the uh, headline there, Brent. Again, it's same thing. Like, I hope, I hope the Republicans uh, win by being just uh, as dull as I am. Yeah, it's <laughs> the fantasy. Uh, I mean, that is like the message with these two, like fake articles right like or headlines is that 
they want the Republicans to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it is always kind of funny because, I, I yeah, I guess for the dim brain, you would say, well, that would make them more electable, so they should choose that person. But it's like, it, it's a hilarious that the Democrats are making arguments for making Republicans more electable. It's, well, it's, it's when, brilliant like, stuff. Republican analysts, strategists, like, go on the talk shows and, like, give, like, advice to Democratic primary candidates like it's cynical like yeah yeah these idiots in the reverse position like really mean it you know yeah, yeah. right <laughs> yeah it's like no guys you would have a very good chance of winning and it'd be great for the country <laughs> yeah. <laughs> although i mean you could say not in this guy's brain but in the real world that's a pretty cynical suggestion to make to them uh, given that liz cheney can't even win in their own state but uh maybe he means dick cheney yeah, because they, you know, the battle to restore sanity was lost, Brian. I mean, that's the thing. It's like yeah. in 2023, sanity's back. I mean, didn't you see the fucking motto? Like, Republican <laughs> motto is reason, not treason, baby. It reasons in. Well, I'm going to choose to believe that they actually mean Dick Cheney. It just says Cheney. You don't have to say who. So that's true. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, final pod or final, uh, final uh, headline to close out this uh, just stunning read from the Seattle Times. Uh, letting their users just fill up column space for them. Local podcasters die in autoerotic asphyxiation gone wrong. From Clint Dorby and Ballard. Ooh. Should we switch to wireless mics? Welcome back to the Mechanical Freak Podcast, coming to you live, live, live from Seattle, the heart of neoliberalism and the hellhole that is America today. Mm. Uh, whoa, we're whoa, here. Whoa, hold the recording. Guys, check this shit out. Headline, Seattle Times. You're not going to believe this shit. Dory Monson, conservative radio host. Dies at 61. Get the hell Colin! out of here. Colin, no Colin from Magnolia. Colin, Colin from Magnolia. From Magnolia. That he shot. did it. Colin, I would like to email you a longer list of names. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's in Death Note. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, look, um, part of the reason why we're, we're a little late getting this episode out is I have been busy uh, just all day consuming arby's uh you know beef burgers you know, the beef sandwiches just consuming them endlessly trying to get your own headline huh pouring horsey sauce meat. down my mouth <laughs> yeah. and to want to really get it going in my stomach i've been going to local mcdonald's and getting all the old fry oil and just drinking pints of it just in preparation for when they bury that man and i can go visit his grave <laughs> uh I'm just so surprised that I mean, 61, like that's so young to go For a out. Picture of health, like, like <laughs> no, because I've seen a picture of him. So it's so wild that he just dropped dead at 61. It's know? shocking, really. I mean, especially when blows, you look at him, it blows, it, it blows my mind. You know, you never know what someone's going through, guys, and that's the moral of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's for sure, for sure. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, Dory, uh, rest and shit. And uh, hopefully, I hope for nothing but the worst for all your friends and family. <laughs> Say hi to the old gods, Dory. 
<laughs> well, from uh, somebody hilariously dying, we move on to uh, <laughs> somebody ooh, almost actually dying yeah, and yeah. Uh, not so great. Uh, uh, for those well, of us who are watching Monday Night Football, I don't know, maybe some fantasy football uh, stuff was at stake. Mm. Uh, and NFL almost killed really, Yeah, you really set the stakes for, uh, <laughs> for this story, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the NFL almost killed a guy. Um, almost, well, we did. Almost, I mean, we let, almost I watched mean a arguably film. did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he was a pretty serious critical condition. Um, Wasn't breathing for like 10 minutes. Yeah, uh, real not great stuff. Um, luckily, uh, Tamar Hamlin is is doing better now. And the thing that they were really scared of was if he survived. I mean, they were really scared that he was going to die. But uh, was that he might be actually be brain dead because of the uh, just time spent trying to revive him. Um, and it turns out, or at least now, looks like neurologically he might be okay. Uh, still wow. in critical condition. Uh, we'll see, you know, I guess. Um, not great, though. Not great. Uh, he was hit in the chest, apparently, in just the right way to cause a heart attack, um, which is a new thing to learn about and to now be terrified of. Uh, but yeah, uh, not great. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about how the NFL handled it, right? Which is, we know the NFL to be a league that cares about its players. I know this because uh, they took concussions very seriously and they're always doing things like putting their players up in videos to tell uh, the viewers, Hey, try not to beat your wife on Super Bowl Sunday and stuff like that. And um, so I know the NFL, NFL cares. owners like really role models for America's children, you know? Exactly. When I look for moral leadership, I look up to them. I look to the Jerry Joneses of the world. Yeah. Uh, So I was shocked to learn uh, later that night that apparently this is from David Schuster. Based on a variety of reports, the NFL did not make the decision to suspend the Bengals Bills game. So this after the accident, the game was essentially canceled. Rather, players and captains and coaches from both teams who had witnessed Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, getting CPR for eight minutes, said they would not continue the game. And so basically what happened is the NFL told the teams, hey, five minute warning, we're going to get back on the field and finish this game off after you just saw that guy essentially die on the field and nobody knows if he's alive or not. And they, he gets you know, CPR for up. 10 minutes straight. So, so as soon as he was stable yeah. enough to be dragged off on a stretcher, they're like, okay. Yeah, yeah stable enough, they mean, we're going okay, to play get... one, one more block of commercials now that we got the body <laughs> off the field and then we're back, okay? Yeah. They played so many commercials while like he was passed out too. Like it was like, it was like horrifying. And then it just kind of like cut to a McDonald's commercial suddenly. Right. Like it yeah. was Hell yeah. what, really what sure, incredible. Like uh, who's, who's the contract right now? Monday Night Football. I watch it all illegally. So it's ESPN. I think as the contract. ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. So ESPN, I wonder if they were charging like surge pricing for those commercials. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking know they wanted to, but uh, yes, yeah, so the NFL apparently was like uh, five minutes to get ready. Uh, the players apparently uh, in conversation with the coaches were like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Uh, we're done. And the coaches then talked to each other and were like, okay, uh, nobody's playing. Apparently, I guess we're not having a game. And the NFL had to deal with it, uh, which is in one extent, a show of 
power of workers, right? You know, the NFL wants the product on the field, but the product is the players. They don't want to give it. They don't have to, right? Yeah. Like, ultimately, like, you got to wonder, like, what um, motivates this, like, solidarity from worker to middle management and that ultimately, like, gets over on the on the owners. And it's like, part of it's got to be that the product was going to be bad. You know, no yeah, one yeah. wanted no one wanted to turn out a shit product for the rest of the game, you know? Yeah. Well, I think just the, the big thing was in a moment like that where decisions have to be made very quickly and, you know, the ownership and the league couldn't, you know, coalesce around a method mm-hmm. to force the players yeah. to play. The players were able to get one over on them. I mean, look, yeah. we shouldn't confuse this with the NFL having some sort of strong labor regime. They fucking don't, you know? Yeah. Um, but... It was interesting to see. Now, uh, one of the other little side things to come out of it was uh, Skip Bayless, who's a legendary piece of shit. Uh, while everybody was still wondering, and, you know, Tamar Hamlin might even still just been on the field, uh, wondered if this man was alive or whether we'd all just watched a snuff film. Uh, Skip Bayless jumped in and was like, hey, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? This late in the season? A game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. It's like, well, it's so relevant, Skip. Why are you bringing it up? <laughs> you know? And I guess my point about this is anybody who follows sports says that Skip Bayless is a giant piece of shit. Uh, his whole career is built on being a giant. He, he made his career by writing a salacious tell-all book about the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s where he essentially said that Troy Aikman was gay, and that's what broke up the coaching staff of the Dallas Cowboys, because they couldn't handle how gay the quarterback was. Now, to be clear, Troy Aikman is not gay. You know, not that there's anything wrong with that. But certainly in the 90s, saying that about a professional athlete in a tell-all book is not uh, something that uh, should endear Skip to anybody. So the guy's been a piece of shit his whole fucking life. Um, but... Guys like this who work for places like ESPN, their whole job is covering for the league. And it's just mm-hmm. so funny to me that he instinctually knew what the what the NFL yep. wanted him to do. Exactly. Go out there and lay out the stakes about why this game should happen, even though like when the coaches in the league and the owners couldn't get it together in time to force the players back, Skip already had a plan. He was he was already putting it into motion. Like that's why whenever you like watch yeah. like commentary like ESPN first take or whatever, like you're basically getting the perspective of the league. Whether it's like them uh having an opinion on like if uh, you know, like players said like shut up and play football, like that's probably gonna be, you know, their response, right? Or if like or if a coach is about to resign, you'd probably see talking heads like talk about it before, like, you know, Roger Goodell or like, you know, the owners of the certain team, like make a statement like they're mouthpieces for the NFL owners and the NFL organization themselves, usually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just sort of one other kind of interesting thing that came out of this, uh, which is also grim is, uh, there was a, a reporter, posting again about canceling the game and the NFL wanting to play the game. It was like, could you imagine your workplace if one of your coworkers died and your boss made you keep working? And the funny part was there was just hundreds of replies to him being like, <laughs> yeah, that happened at my workplace. And yes, your boss will make you keep working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to imagine that. Yeah. You don't have to imagine it happens every day in America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a, 
another interesting, um, you know, thing to come out of this, but oof. Well, uh, maybe from one funeral to another, uh, we got from Hannah Krieg, friend of the show, broke this news. Uh, Munya had sent his family members out to try and break the story. They were unable to. Hannah Krieg beat them to the punch. Uh, Alex Peterson will be assuming a new form coming this new year, meaning he won't be running for city council. One so, to wonder. Damn. 2024, he takes like six months off to, you know, takes a vacation. And then what? He's uh, an executive at Windermere after that. Come like, <laughs> come like May, June. <laughs> no, it's going to, you know, do the thing, the Game of Thrones thing. He's just going to put his, you know, rub his hand over his face and his whole face is going to change. He's going to be like, I've always worked at Windermere. <laughs> I've always been executive at Windermere. <laughs> and just walk away, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Alex, only one term. I mean, kind of an interesting move uh, for somebody getting elected to city council. Uh, usually you wait at least two terms before you move to the corporate grift or at least until you lose an election. Uh, do you think he thinks he's going to lose, or uh, is it just there's no Sean Scott to worry about anymore, so fuck it, I'm out? Well, gosh, I mean, we don't really know who there is to worry about, but, I mean, yeah, they the, the chamber may have taken the temperature and decided, like, yeah, who cares, or they may have somebody else. I think it's just, he's a careerist, ultimately. Like, he, he was picked among other careerists he he threw his head in at some point around like a cauldron at the chamber of commerce and uh you know he's done his bit like what he he didn't blow any skirts up you know like got through the election and then like it's not like any, it's not like he's done anything to build any kind of constituency so why bother he's done the thing i think he's i think he knows he's got a job you know he also has proved i think he's a smart guy he's not delusional like he just doesn't have a future in politics, so why bother? You know, like go start making a lot some of work. Real money. I mean, like it's a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Like it kind of sucks, honestly. And if you're not like really into it, he didn't seem into it. You know, he seemed like he was there, like punching a clock and doing writing the occasional op-ed for the real estate lobby. You know, in yeah. the Times as the sitting council person, he was a vote. You know, but like. He didn't seem particularly passionate about anything. And like I said, wasn't building a constituency. So like, yeah, I think he learned like, okay, this is, this isn't going anywhere. I'm not like, I'm not uh, going to be mayor. God, uh, he's probably smart enough not to want to be uh, at any point. He's not going to, he's not ever going to be run for Congress. So like he should just start making money, you know, (laughs) time to cash out. Well, uh, Best of luck to Alex as he assumes his new form. Uh, but on to another council candidate that uh, the word is still out on. And ooh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Will our show favorite, though not a friend of cats, Shama Sawat, run for election? <laughs> yeah, you guys want to just like indulge in some like wild speculative rambling here? Yeah, oh, sure. uh, let's do it. Why, what, is, what is having a podcast for, for? Well, like, okay, I mean, so yeah, so uh, 20 November, the most of the, all the district seats are up um, in our stupid, like, off-year election cycle in this town. Odd-year election cycle, I should say. Um, and, of course, that means District 3 is up. 
and Shama, who has been elected, I don't know what, five, seven times to 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 a total of like two terms or something, three terms. <laughs> um, just you may be thinking like, wait, didn't Shama just run? Or didn't and, wasn't there just an election last year for Shama? La- yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. that was a recall. That was the fucking re- that was one of the like two elections like she had election to run, run win. for each term. You know, yeah, just she has twice the power of running term. every year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so we the only really reason to ask the question is because you know coming up shortly, you know, everyone's going to have to start announcing, including Shama Sawant. Um, and. I mean, there's every reason to think that Shama will just uh, shortly in the next few weeks or something announce that she is yet again running to uh, uh, to hold the seat in the third, to keep that seat and keep doing what she's doing, being a thorn in the side of uh, the libs in the chamber and the real estate lobby and and the cops. Uh, being a uh, national, uh, you know, lightning rod firebrand for like, you know, the the uh, collapse of American cities to communism, you know, um, <laughs> uh, and yes, also using that office like occasionally to like push big initiatives and get things done, you know, and really like, you know, work that role into. Uh, modest taxes on corporations in this town, a higher minimum wage, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But it's hard not to wonder, like, God, can anybody keep this shit up? Like, I don't think if if she doesn't, if she decides not to, I, I don't think it'd be because anybody, her or anybody in her people or essay more broadly, like, thinks there's any reason... They couldn't win it. I think they can definitely win it. That she's developed a little machine in the third and with socialist alternative that, you know, seems to be able to turn out the number of votes they fucking need, you know, running a completely different program than anyone else basically in America is doing, uh, knocking insane numbers of doors over and over and over again. And they always get to where they need to go with ultimately a comfortable margin. So the reasons not to do it, the possibilities are just like, God, can you keep this up? Like, is it just like exhausting at some point? Is is it, it's hard maybe to imagine that Shama is that selfless, a public servant to just keep running twice for every term, uh, <laughs> like and for the, till the end of time. And I don't think you, you could really blame her for that, but there are some other possibilities that I would just like to speculate about. <laughs> I, I think uh, her running again or not running again. I mean, one possibility is, yeah, that she just drops out altogether because of an endless stream of like threats and other things that can her way and vitriol against her way. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was going to set this up of like, what, what do you think she could possibly run for that isn't the city council? Right. Is she going to run for mayor? Is she going to run for state office, national? Yeah. Well, that's the question, right? It's like, what else? And I, I think, you know, I would I would speculate that like Shama is someone 
as a self-styled, you know, revolutionary is somewhat that inherent in that is a a level of a kind of ambition, right? I think that's, you know, on some level got to be true with the people around her, her team, socialist alternative. So while it's not a criticism that just like defending the third seat, I think just defending the seat in the third is like, again, it's, it's a cool and good thing keeping her there no yeah, doubt there's wrong. ways to keep using that office and just being a pain in the ass and just being based and cool um but if you're her if you're her people you may not be satisfied with that one possibility is to try and expand the roster into another district okay uh bring up yeah, somebody just else. having her on the seat on the city council like sure it's like you know, based and cool and everything, but at the same time, it's one of nine seats on yeah. the city council, right? And you can only do so much when, you know, you have milquetoast liberals at best, you know, holding those other seats. Like, you, sure, but there's been some wins that, you know, wouldn't have happened without, you know, Shama spearheading them and basically, you know, like organizing her way into it. But it's really hard and there's a lot of defeats and, you know, it's just, you can't really get a lot done, you know, when you just have one seat on the city council. Yeah. And it's also static, you know, it's like, it's not moving forward. It's just, it's, you're playing defense. Right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Hey, that again, that's fine. I, but I'm just sort of wildly speculating that maybe I can imagine that that's going to uh, get boring for her and uh, the people around her. And so yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah, I, could, I, and I, again, I don't, I don't want to like discount the actual wins that Shama had. Right. Oh like, I th- like there were so many wins that she did. Um, and that would literally would not have happened without her being there. Right. I think Seattle would actually be in a pretty different place. And as much as Seattle does suck, like it would suck a lot more if she wasn't totally. on, on the council, but yeah. And like, so you could, you could expand the roster. You could try and like, you know, cultivate, another person to run in another seat from within like that group of people from whether that's from, you know, from within Shama's circle within SA more broadly or something. I think there are challenges to that, but it's one possibility. I want to pitch to you guys like a scenario where she actually just runs for fucking Congress. Sure. I mean, why not? Well, I mean, that's the question, right? Well, you know, in the Seattle City Council, right, you're one of uh, nine, but on, and, but you have a much bigger representation in the House, right? Yeah, 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 right. Well, that's the thing. There's lots of reasons not to fucking do it. And uh, the first would be that being in Congress would be stupid. That'd be a dumb thing. <laughs> That'd be just like also a very like uh, quixotic fucking Sisyphusian like nightmare and would be dumb like on the other hand like is it that different like day to day on a lot of votes shama's not um making a difference with that one vote it's when it's when she uses that office to do larger like movements on the grassroots that drives like the occasional sort of policy really um through to victory you know so and then what what else she's also just gets to be based, gets to talk about, you know, in this uh, radical revolutionary way and use this uh, position. And wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be kind of awesome uh, and funny, mostly funny to have Shama in fucking Congress? Like, 
I think that'd be pretty funny. Um, and Ryan like marrying a Pramila Jayapal. Well, suppose. I think that would be a terrible idea. So <laughs> no, I think it's the ninth Adam Smith, a milk toast like neoliberal like Defense Department Democrat who sucks uh, and a lot of people probably hate. Uh, whose district the ninth is um, includes uh, a large portion of Shama's district, the third, as well as the second. So basically uh, all of South Seattle. It also goes all the way down to um, through like uh, SeaTac and all the way to Tacoma. Now it's also the east side suburbs. It's much of Bellevue, though it's, Central and South Bellevue, and then, but also Renton. Now, is this doable? Is this winnable? I don't know. I, I'm pitching this as like what you might be as Shama. If you're thinking like this has run its course here, um, we got to try something else. And there's some there's some things to recommend this. First of all, you get to do the other thing of of cultivating someone new in a Seattle City Council seat because mm-hmm. she gets to come out and say. Uh, you know what? I'm not running for re-election in the third. I'm going to run for Congress in 2024. But here is my friend who I am supporting in the third for Seattle City Council in 2023. And we're launching that campaign today. So you get to move this thing forward, grow it instead of it being static. Yeah. Um, you get to then run, you know, from someone within her circle, someone they cultivate, you know, um, you know, we'll leave that to her to figure out. Uh, no one's getting excited, I think, about electing a man to anything. And um, I don't think anybody likes or trusts white women. So some they find some from within, uh, you know, their circle who is the right person. And they get to then run that person with Shama, like on the dais, like stumping in this year, they get to bring to bear uh, Shama and SA's rather committed, like ground operation and campaign team and grow it. And know, knowing the future that this is a like trial run for the run for the ninth congressional district the next year, uh, take this formidable, like large, like well-trained and developed organization they have and, uh, you know, promote it from within, get people like make it like top heavy by the end of the time, such that it can immediately turn around after a win, after a win in the third, when they put someone in, then they can, uh, after the, the thrill of victory can then turn around and immediately start heavily running, having, you know, train their best people up, grown into a larger organization uh, and turn it around into a serious, a, a more serious uh, challenge in the ninth than we've seen in years. Because like, I mean, the the campaign they do in the third is mo- much more developed than any of the left challenges we've seen in the ninth. Uh, any and there's like left, the memory. reason why Adam Smith is such a big um, target to the left usually like there's a left candidate running against Adam Smith all the time is because he's perceived as pretty you know weak and beatable right like well it's also because of those books he wrote right 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, capitalism's kind of going out of style now, so you know they're kind of canceling him for his works on on that. Although, you know, he did kind of snap with the labor theory of value, I must say. Um, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, now, now he's just a, a Boeing sponsor in Congress in Washington tonight. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, people also see, you know, correctly or not, that he's a very conservative Democrat who's representing parts of Seattle and as well as a lot of other places, the poorer and least white urban places of like King and Pierce County. Now, you know, this is, this is where I think it takes a little bit of a turn because no, I think the implication is that we know for a fact that socialist alternative and Shama will never run on the democratic ticket. Yeah. But they don't have to in Washington state. It's an open primary, you know? Yeah. True. So So it's just, it's just top two. Like they just get to go in there and actually run, you know, she can say right. prefers socialist alternative, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Now, okay. is that, does that make it completely impossible? Does that totally rule out even getting through the primary? I have no fucking idea. But I think in any, like, normal calculus, yeah, maybe. Um, but I think the, the difference here is, and the test that it would be is, can you take an actual serious, like, ground operation? So... They're going to come off the, all their wins in the past. And then I'm saying the, the theory of victory here is a win in 2023 for somebody else in the third. And then got to remember, Shama is a national figure, part of a yes. national yeah. political party of committed weirdos um, who can who has national fundraising already and who can can even for her runs in the third can. Attra- actually attracts people traveling from around the country. Now, yeah, the Shama journey. Nef- people not, are going to take the Shama journey. Exactly. Now, not not thus far, not like in huge numbers for like the last time, but people did come out. She's running for fucking Congress. She was all. She already raises money fucking nationally. She so, raises money nationally for her city council, not even for just her city council run, but for the recall like i remember her yeah. going on like national news basically i mean not like of course like abc and shit but you know like like national yeah, like news, you know yeah she's on those she's on fox she's not yeah but she's not doing on it but you know she's a national figure she's a national figure in that way and i think she was on like democracy now she was on like you know richard wool stuff like you know she was she was on all of that and people know she's on like has like a national emailing list and the way that they, you know, honestly beat a lot of these, you know, like the recall and stuff is because they did not just fundraise just strictly from Seattle, right? They fundraised from a national base that was able to compete with, you know, a really well-funded recall campaign. Now, um, this, you know, all of this is not any guarantee of victory. What it means is it's not ridiculous for her to run. Yeah, it's not. It's not. DOA. There's a real question there. There's a real unknown. Fucking weirdos and losers get elected to Congress all the fucking time. Now, mostly that's Republicans in red districts, but like, <laughs> and then, but but they're still weirdos and fucking losers. And like, in for Democrats, what you get is just like the people next in line, you know, who are mm. groomed by the party and funded yeah, by the party. It's usually more machine. Now, how does this work out? Like, I don't know, but like. This puts 
I think all these factors put her in a place where it would not be a ridiculous experiment to try and figure out, you know, to try and see how it would go. Like they will have also done in the third, uh, which is, you know, probably some, you know, not insignificant portion of the uh, voting population of the district. Like they will have done, you know, they will have just updated in the, the core. It's going to be like the core, the the stronghold of a of a Shama win for the ninth. They're, they will have done like a whole year of new fresh voter ID of, you know, why they're not going to maybe confuse the issue at every door. being like, hey, and guess what? Next year, not this election, Shama's running for Congress. But the people who want to know, the people who ask, well, wait a minute, what about Shama? They're going to know. They're going to be out here on the doors fucking, you know, a year and a half plus before that election in this scenario, in this sort of theory of victory I'm positing here. I mean, it's not uh, a crazy thing. And if you're thinking, if they're sitting there thinking like this is, this just runs out, runs onto the end of time. And maybe ultimately at some point the momentum dies, the ability for Shama maybe to continue to generate um, actual policy wins, like even that she ones she doesn't get credit for in the end, like the uh, the Amazon tax, you know, maybe if you're if you're them and thinking whether this is the case or not, that at some point uh, the political like that, this they're just going to start being able to ignore her. Maybe they're seeing that already that, you know, that she's not getting even the hate as much anymore or the people fretting as much about her disruption to the city council, you know, like you don't really see those op eds. Uh, she just kind of is there. Now, if you're thinking like we need to do something different, I think this is, has to have crossed her mind. And I don't know. I don't think it's, it's not completely insane. And I don't think it would be embarrassing, uh, to run even look the top two primary is not impossible to get on. I mean, Sarah Smith got on, got, you know, went head to head in the general against, um, against, uh, Adam Smith Two Smiths that, you know, maybe that was it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, this last time, you know, in 2022, this last year, Stephanie Gallardo uh, didn't make it through the primary um, and was, to her credit, really, um, you know, spouting like a real radical line and in a serious way and running a really based campaign that, you know, I think in some ways would be comparable to was i mean i mean often i i saw them both on the same stages a lot over the summer um and uh but like ultimately just like electorally speaking gallardo uh you know you know essentially came out of nowhere ran a cool campaign and i'm sure they did their best but like it wasn't enough to to get across the line and like that's not we may you know we could maybe make the mistake of like thinking shama is like a total like outsider um but like you know uh, there's a way in which she could put on a legit uh, challenge, you know? I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, uh, the one thing I will say is that people forget, but SeaTac, uh, largely from a campaign that Socialist Alternative was involved in, SeaTac won the higher minimum wage before mm-hmm. Seattle did. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there was a, a couple of fast food rushes. People kind of, again, forget this. That was all preceded by a bunch of fast food workers uh trying to organize and things like that at, you know, places like McDonald's and pizza. And I think there was a pizza hut in Tacoma 
that also uh, was a big organizing campaign. It might have actually unionized their store uh, briefly at that time that was tied to socialist alternatives. So it's not unheard of that in these other areas of that district uh, that socialist alternatives have been able to like win things, right? You know, yeah. or group, you know, groups they've worked with at least have been able to win things. Um, you know, if you discount Bellevue and Mercer Island, uh, and which everybody so, should just generally. Yeah, it um, is. Mer- so all of Mercer Island, but it's not even all of Bellevue. So it's not yeah, Medina. Yeah, it's, okay. It's like the southern part of Bellevue. It's the central and southern part of Bellevue. Yeah. So I mean, it's basically mostly um, south of 520 and not even not even Medina. Like, yeah, so. I, I, I think if someone's running this, you just discount that entirely and you don't bother. But I think with a good right. ground, there are game, other places. You know, SeaTac, SeaTac is yeah. the other, the third, and the second in Seattle, and then SeaTac. But also, I think you really go out in Renton. Yeah, um, yeah and you know, Tacoma Renton. probably parts. It's all. It's uh, probably parts of Federal Way in Tacoma. I mean, I don't know. Uh, this is you know research that would have to be done by uh someone who uh, knows the game better than i but uh yeah written tuckwilla SeaTac, des moines you know kent federal way to Tacoma. all these areas that are in the southern part of the district are all very working class areas where people could be certainly very responsive to the idea of higher wages better rent controls and things like that more workers protections and things like that um, I think the big thing is you're just going to have to have a big ground game. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, yeah, as you were saying, Greg, the biggest thing with contenders on the left anywhere in America is that they never have a ground game. They're just a person running and, you know, maybe they got like 10 friends who are helping them run or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they don't have what you would call an organized, uh, you know, machine. Right. And so I think realistically, there's a way that this could work. Um but man, you got to have to get that ground game started early because okay. and that, that's the beauty of you know. running somebody else in the third this yeah. year. You know, the way this election timing is and you're yeah. doing both, you know, you're building this, you know, you're building the local, this local core, promoting people up, you know, in leadership, building out a staff and a methodology that, again, they, they don't they're not starting from fucking scratch, you know, hardly they run the best campaigns in america basically already in the third and then you hit the ground running and call people out for the shama journey um starting fucking end of november this year you know Mm -hmm. now i think a more interesting question or maybe more interesting to me i guess is uh this came up uh early in sort of shama's you know multiple election cycles to achieve to get through one term um, Let's not forget she has one citywide in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, there was this question that people brought up is, does Sawant's electoral success and the efforts that you have to go through to maintain it, knowing that she'll have to win multiple elections for every single election that a normal candidate would have to win, mm-hmm. um, does that essentially just convert socialist alternative into a uh shama sawant electoral uh operation <laughs> as opposed to whatever i assume they they think their uh actual primary purpose is like does it just make them a full-time campaign staff for one or two candidates well i mean i think i don't know you'd have to ask them what they think about that like i'm i posit like they could be thinking that now that that is what's happened 
and like the this is a possible way forward maybe on a similar track but like maybe if you're growing this you're able to you know send shama farther along bringing more people into that that campaign for better or worse but also you've got somebody else again in my whole theory here you're not giving up the seat you've got somebody else so now you're expanding it to now there's two <laughs> you know one in congress one in the city council i mean <laughs> now, is that what they want i don't know does it seem like a uh, a super awesome thing to do i don't know no it seems kind of dumb right like but again this is shama we're talking about if there's anyone who would be cool in Congress who could maybe find a way to not go there and become just a fucking tool of the status quo in one way or another to one degree or another. It's Shama. Okay. Shama's going to show up there and not give a fuck. Like that's what we all love about her. Right. And that at the very least is going to be funny. Um, now does, is she ultimately just a, a crank? Like, I mean, great. Great. Like, I, no downside to me. As to socialist alternative, I mean, I don't know. That's, you know, that's for them to figure out. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the effectiveness, like, idea, you know, being like one congressperson, you know, I mean, there's only so much that you can do there, of course. But I think, you know, it, it would be funny. Like, I, I will not, I, like, what, doubt that. Nobody you know? in the world is arguing that it wouldn't be funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, Honestly, I mean... I, 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 I don't want to, like, overplay our hand to be like, oh, this is gonna, like, change everything if, you know, if we elect Shama, you know, like, that's gonna, you know, the, the empire is gonna change, right? Like, you know, we've seen also, um, like you said, Greg, I mean, one of the, you know, benefits in a way would be that you know, we've seen uh, progressive candidates, people who have been backed by DSA, um, you know, who get elected into office, who, you know, just kind of vote and behave like like they were part of a dumb machine, right? And which begs the question if they were in the first place, but, you know, um, or just like kind of get subsumed into that is my theory is that, you know, they didn't actually come there with that intention, but then the system produces that kind of person, right? So, yeah. you know, they will get subsumed and turned into that where... I think, especially if you run as a Democrat, um, that's really easy to do because that's the party, right? Like you're, <laughs> it's hard to go against the grain in a party that doesn't, you know, want that type of person in their party. So um, just like Bernie being an independent um, in the Senate, uh, you know, the analog, right? being like independent in the, in Congress uh, could probably be a little more resistant to people getting subsumed into just mainstream democratic politics. Yeah. I mean, those other people show up, the left challengers who get through show up without the program and the party and the ideology come totally based on not being swallowed by the fucking machine. And so they get swallowed by the machine. Yeah. Shama's whole program is not like being a part of the program, you know? Yeah. Now, yeah. and then I think that is the, the comparison is Bernie. Like now did Bernie change the world did he move the needle on anything i think that's a much larger debate but like this is what this that's probably the best you could hope for is shama you know just continues to be very very popular and elected over the years in her district and and becomes an institution and you know is somebody that the system has to deal with uh as time goes on more and more like Bernie, you know, now yeah. 
system was able to deal with Bernie over and over again, but they still do have to deal with him. Does that matter? Does anyone care? Do we? Again, it'd be funny. (laughs) Now, the most important question, uh, does she sit at the lunch table with the squad? That's that's the real. Oh, question. no, bro. Because like, I mean, there's uh, bro, like there's already like wings of the squad being like an eight person thing there. I feel like there's like more like more like, you know, conservative members of the squad versus like, you know, more base ones. Like, I think it was only like Rashida Taleb who like voted um, to um, not do a backroom deal um, on what, what was the vote? Like, what was like? To break, break the, the strike, strike for yeah. the railroad. Break the strike, yeah. exactly right. You know, and like I, I, we have a fucking uh, Jamal Bowman, um, a guy <laughs> uh, who elected in New York, uh, who has voted for Israel's Iron Dome, um, who's yeah. a guy who's like not only um, backed by the by DSA, but a DSA member uh, who like strongly supported um, the Iron Dome funding to Israel um, when other members like did not and was repeatedly like condemned by a lot of people like on the left and in DSA and still did it. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I think if that's the squad we're talking about, like, right. I, I, I mean, come on, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> what unifies them is they're all in the Democratic Party. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, the, is the unifying factor yeah. of, of the squad. Yeah, what the, the question is not like, would she sit with them at the lunch table? It's which members of the squad would she allow to sit with her? Yeah. Because Thomas yeah, showing up and anywhere in any room she walks into, no matter what anybody else thinks what her power is, she's she's writing her own program. Okay, that's why she's Shama. Like that's what she's doing there. Um, you know, you can see like Rashida and Helena Omar uh, defecting from the squad and sitting with Shama at the lunch table if yeah. Shama allows it. I mean, that's the thing. You could just oh. call them like revisionist yeah. Democrats and tell them she to probably fuck will off. at least once, man. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Just keep them on their toes, right? Yeah, like yeah. she's not going to be showing up with some delusions that, like, oh, I can build coalitions yeah, and like right. really like I, could change I can change the, the world. The, no, <laughs> she's there to be there, right? Yeah, and maybe, right. maybe if that like plateau is reached, then maybe you think about what's next or something. But like, she's there to be there, like she is on the city council and get things done when you can. But it's not like by fucking. It's not by compromising on a bunch of other shit so that you like they someone's on your side later. No, she's gonna be a target the whole time. She's gonna love it, you know. Or she's not, and she's gonna retire and or not do any of this it. shit, yeah. like because yeah. and not go to not run for Congress because she's sick of this shit. I don't fucking know, but I like the idea. I think you really have to have so up. much stamina and like discipline in order to like you know just continue that job. I mean, like if you look at it just from a job standpoint, being an elected official, it kind of sucks. You yeah, know, psychotic. Like, well, that's yeah. the thing. It's like by all evidence, she's got that stamina. She's like a fucking yeah. machine. No, that's like, what I'm saying. It's, just it's like hard she's to proven that, she that that's do. possible. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I don't know how she just keeps on doing this, but like, listen, I'm I'm endorsing. I'm. I'm draft. I'm submitting her name to for for the draft. Okay, draft Shama. Okay, you guys on board for draft Shama for the ninth draft Shama Hell for yeah. Congress. All right, Fan- Greg says next fantasy football draft Shama <laughs> ninth round pick. Uh, no. It's a sneaky one to get. <laughs> yeah, at the yeah, end it's of those, a sleeper. Those, yeah, yeah, uh, could be a big hit. 
By the way, uh, while you guys' answers about the lunch table thing were fine and maybe even fun, uh, they were all wrong. The correct answer is in the back with the workers. That's where she'll be sitting. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, damn. Nice. Oh, owned. Boom. Well, you just exposed us as libs, dude. God damn. <laughs> well, we're going to join the Valerie Jarrett podcast now after that one. Fuck. <laughs> well, even though we're all tired from uh, having hunted down uh, Dory Monson's corpse and uh, whatever morgue it is in the area, so that we'd each individually piss down its throat, uh, I think we've had a nice pod to start the year. I feel good about 2023, guys. I I think that we're going to have lots of uh, jokes and uh bits and things yeah. like that this year my, this is i think today is like marks my second year on the pod oh my Damn. yeah moon is yeah. a vet now yeah he he's his vet he's a vet he's gonna start losing his hair he's oh got how long have we been doing this shit <laughs> too long too long <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, how funny it would be if Trump got elected in 2024 and you know we would have been potting while Trump was in office and then when he was in office again like yeah remember that break? yeah that'd be so great <laughs> talk about things that are funny like maybe not necessarily good for like humanity or anything but it'd be pretty funny if he got reelected oh, man. Say, after a four-year break <laughs> <laughs> that would be I, pretty funny I'd have a good laugh about it. I mean, I yeah, well, you can't you can't script that, right? I mean, that's just yeah. too funny. Yeah, yeah. And if you're in, you know, when you're talking about America and what America deserves, I mean, that's pretty oh, much it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, everybody out there in listener land, uh, we got no new patrons. Do better. All right. Do yeah, that's come on. your New Year's resolution. Twenty twenty three is do a growth. And specifically grow our Patreon. <laughs> uh, once you join Patreon, you can join our Discord where exciting things are happening. Finally, one of the hosts of the podcast is occasionally on the Discord at least once a week uh, to drop in uh, very special jokes that you won't get on the show. Only yeah. get them in the Discord. Bespoke. So, yeah, you're already getting a extra episode of content, which is ending the myth every week. You had an episode exactly. last last Sunday. You were sitting there wondering Sunday morning, could the story of housing and post-war America get more depressing? And then we dropped uh, what was happening on reservations in post-war America. Oh, oh yeah. Like, you thought it was going to be episode 21. <laughs> Boom. Another half episode. That is a full length. 20.5 in the reservation. I bet you guys didn't think that uh, nuclear radiation was going to be playing a big part in that story. <laughs> but yeah. there you are. That was so dark. Um, this week, uh, we're no longer talking about housing. We're talking about something a little more upbeat. That's the final days of Martin Luther King Jr. and uh, the civil rights movement. So go ahead. Check that out this Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Ending the myth. All right. Look at all this content we're giving y'all. Hell yeah. Check out Blessed. Ending the Myth. It's a good podcast. All right. And if any of you knows Greg Grandin, tell him to stop uh, ghosting us in our messages. Okay. No, no. He, likes, he likes your episode drops. He, he likes yeah. and retweets our episodes. Like, okay. he, like consistently engages, but won't respond to any press requests from us. Incredible. <laughs> it's amazing. Lo- what a king. That, yeah. I, I mean, that, that, that's, boundaries, okay? that's, that's a Sigma mindset right there is engaging <laughs> with every single one. Like he doesn't have to engage. Like we yeah, he can ignore us totally. He could totally like not even not, like 
a year into this podcast happening, he like still, whenever we, you know, tag him, he doesn't really retweet much on his uh, Twitter either, but he will always like boost our stuff. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is awesome. And also hilarious and kind of based to and Sigma, Sigma grind set of him to, you know, retweet us, but not respond to, to our emails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I respect it. I respect yeah. it. Right. Well, uh, that rocks. <laughs> All right. So if anybody knows Greg, tell them we love him and uh, please reach out to us. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, I think we'll we'll call it a night, gentlemen. Yeah. Hey, love your new Salute. glasses, Munya. Dude, thank you, Greg. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, a really, a really kind gentleman helped me uh, pick them out. Yeah, as I say, audience, do not be month. fooled here. Greg's <laughs> comments are totally self-serving <laughs> for his part. Uh, I got a guy for glasses. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me up on the Discord if you want. If you want, (laughs) oh yeah, Discord exclusive uh, glasses, Rex. I mean, like we're the 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 good thing about like being a podcast host is that you're probably if you're like a podcast host, you're probably just like into like you know like niche stuff like a little Mm -hmm. too much, like more than normal person. Uh, One of Greg's is that uh, he knows exactly like the actual eyeglasses width to proportion and where they should like land on your eye pupils, you know. And if you go to my guy, (laughs) then. They'll, you don't even need me to tell you that because they will make sure that the glasses yeah. fit your face. You know? And they got yeah. selection. A lot of people get it got, wrong, you know? Yeah. And, and once you see it, so to speak, you can't unsee it. Yeah. <laughs> We're right. going to make a, a special channel in the Discord that's our, you know, Seattle Sucks Better Business Bureau. Yes. Just yeah. Local, local oh, yeah. You won't be able to reply in it or post it. Only we can, but you can, yeah. we can learn from our wisdom. <laughs> Uh, we'll tell you which food truck to go to. The oh. answer's none of them. Well, and which yeah, restaurants to go to. I got, you know, auto electric. No, not, not even um, Mr. Euros. Got- <laughs> <laughs> they all suck. That's a, that's an old school episode we need to do is how, um, yeah, just how like the food trucks were never good and my God, they have fallen the fuck off. <laughs> yeah, it's gotten significantly worse, but yeah, yeah look, uh, it turns out cooking food requires the actual equipment and space to do it. <laughs> I, I think the missing ingredient is like the earnest well, desire to cook good food. Uh, yeah, well, is, is what yeah, Seattle yeah. restaurants yeah. seem to be missing that ingredient. As yeah, well. yeah, it's been a we Seattle should, problem for a yeah, while. We're gonna make another separate separate thread that's just restaurants we don't like. Restaurants, suck. no explanation, <laughs> just the name and where they're at. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) That's basically like our block list. You know how journalists sometimes have like Twitter block Mm -hmm. lists where they'll just like mass block people who they think are trolls like that. That's us. But with Seattle restaurants, we'll just be a do not go list. Uh, The powerful block that is our discord is doing is doing a strike, Uh, (laughs) is doing a boycott, a consumer boycott. All right. Like Tom Douglas. I mean, they're they're leaving money on the table because like if it. I I am an idiot who just loves like like has a compulsion for paying too much money for good food. And like I would be out at restaurants like like just not even thinking, not even looking at the prices, just like ordering like apps and desserts like a few times a week if there was anywhere to go, you know? Mm. 
And anybody who's listened to Thanksgiving episode this year knows Greg is a profligate spender. He's bad with money, folks. Not very good, folks. Get managed. People were like really uh, like got emotional over that story. They were like super touched uh, from the reception that I saw. Yeah. Look, I I think the story of uh, financial (laughs) mismanagement leading to, uh, you know, hashtag relatable. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Probably (laughs) probably Greg's most relatable stories told about his life. I mean, he won. I mean, that's that's the that's the best part of the story. You know, nice to have a winner. Yeah. Yeah. Here you go. Here's a there's another plug. Listen to our uh, Thanksgiving episode. Like you probably like if you're like halfway, listen to the rest. It's a good it's a good four hours. It's supposed to be listening to digestible chunks, you know? Yeah, yeah. not just finish it. I don't care if it's twenty twenty three. It's probably our most though that it was so relatable. Like I I usually intend my stories, my autobiographical stories to be unrelatable and just to, to <laughs> create like your an air of strangeness and mystery yeah. about me. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know what? Uh, you know, I can switch it up, I guess. All right, listeners. Well, look, you have a lot of assignments ahead of you, so we're going to let you go so you can get to work. OK, uh, have a good night, but don't go to sleep. Immediately start investigating all these things that we just told you. Go. Our discord, the Thanksgiving episode. Go listen to Indian the Myth. Yeah, and finish uh, City of Course while you're at it, too. I know you started it. Finish exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. so. Should we take this opportunity to wish the listeners a happy new year or just save that for next week? No, I don't wish them a happy new year. I wish them a new year full of work. We're handing out assignments. <laughs> yeah. Here's your work. It's time to do the work in 2023. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. We're not here to Game do it for of you. Thrones. Yeah. The book. <laughs> <laughs> Start watching Game of Thrones the show no, and insist no. on talking to your coworkers about it each episode. In yeah. 2023. In 2023. Oh. <laughs> King behavior. That'll yeah, be, yeah th- that's another Sigma mindset move. That'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Good night. Jesus, fuck off. <laughs>